podcast for women of color, where we tell our stories and talk about the issues we face, y'all. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. So excited to be with you guys for what's going to be a quick episode, but it's one that I've been teasing for a while, and I know it's about time that I actually recorded it and shared it with you. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I talked about it a bit. A few days ago when I did a a live video, I have promised myself again, I did it in 2022, didn't keep the promise. So I'm trying again in 2023 to do a little bit more video, get out of my comfort zone. And my accountability partner and I were hamming it up and we talked a little bit about my vacay and the strange end to my vacay (laughs) and my word that I brought back with me from vacation. And uh, I talked about what we'd be discussing today. And so before I dive in, For those of you who are new here in 2023, welcome. I do encourage you when you have some time to go back and listen to some of the great stories that we've been telling for the last few years. I can't believe I think we're almost in year three. Uh, But a little about me that will help with what we're talking about today. I love words. I love them. I was a print major, a former reporter, and in my day job, I write. I could write all day. And as a woman... One of the things that we've talked about, uh, I don't know if we talked about it here, but I know in my friend circles, we've discussed it. Sometimes women are not as uh, quick to pat themselves on the back or take credit for what they know they're good at. And I think that I suffer from that. But I will tell you this. There's one thing that I know I can do and nobody can take it away from me. I don't care what anybody says. And that is right. I know I can do that. And I have helped other people, written emails when something went down at work. And they needed help expressing it when something has happened with their children in school. I've done it. Um, Just a quick story. I had a little cousin who's a nine-year-old, was in school, and something happened. And the teacher called the baby a jerk. And my first thought was, we calling kids names? That's what we doing? (laughs) Um, But she was very upset. Emotional, obviously, who wouldn't be? Because the baby was hurt. I mean, he came home crying. And so she's trying to figure out how to address it. And honey, when we got through that email... Oh my God, she had put in for what we call school choice down here. And the school she'd chosen, she had not been accepted to be able for him to go to that school. Honey, he could go there starting on that coming Monday when we got finished with that email. So um, it is important to know the words to use because make no mistake, no matter how articulately we say it, no matter how calmly, quietly, gram- grammatically correct, Uh, The labels, especially as women that we wear, are you're aggressive, you are angry. So you don't want to lead any credence to that by um, the word choice that you've come up with. So it's it's an art form. It really is an art form. And it's what led me to want to talk about this today. Um, First, let me say one of the things that I've done uh, is teach journalism in two of the school districts here in my area. And there are some amazing teachers out there. Uh, I am still in touch with some of the teachers who taught my babies in elementary school. They were wonderful women and one man. They had one male teacher. And uh, sad that we don't see more men in education, but that's a side note. Uh, They were dedicated. They wanted to see my children and every child succeed. And they um, they were just such great people that, like I said, we still kind of follow each other on social media. I keep them abreast of what the kids are doing. I would send them a birthday shout out and make them feel old as the kids got older. Uh, So there are some teachers who really want to do their best for every student. Uh, But sadly, there are still those, and I have encountered a few uh, in dealing with my own children and as a teacher, who, whether it is an unconscious bias, whether it is uh, 
conscious, it's still a bias where they um, treat and speak of our black and brown children differently. And it's important that we as parents, as aunties and uncles, as grandparents, as advocates, notice that, recognize it and address it. So the question I asked on Instagram was, if your child came home with a referral that said he or she destroyed school property, what do you think it meant they did? And some people chimed in, they broke a desk, they, you know, defaced a wall, they bust a hole in a the wall, they, you know, tore up a book. I mean, I got some great answers. Uh, and as you know, my baby girl, she attended the same school as her brother until about the third grade. And then I had an opportunity for her to attend a charter school that was supposed to be for children with special abilities. You know, my baby's on the spectrum. And my experience there, she went there from about third grade until she graduated. Um, And we we were up and down. Um, I was not a parent that took everything you told me at face value. I asked questions. Part of it maybe is my profession. Part of it is just me as a person. Uh, And I don't always just take what you say to me. Um, I, I want you to explain it. So she came home one day with a referral that indeed said she had destroyed school property. Well, I asked what I thought was the million dollar question. What did she do? And the answer kind of sent me up. I thought, are we really here for this? Um, My baby broke a pencil in half. She snapped a pencil in half, y'all. I just want you to let that sink in. Yeah, she, she snapped a pencil in half. So I'm thinking... Are we really doing this? So you took the time. Because to me, as a former teacher, when I wrote a referral, like we're talking about you did something like that I think needs to be addressed by the administration. Because as a teacher, you have your own classroom rules. You have your own way of dealing with um, issues that may arise and giving out consequences and calling a parent if need be, right? You have your own rules in the classroom. When I write you up, it means that we've got into a place where I think this needs to be addressed on a higher level that people other than just me in this classroom and maybe me calling the, t- the parent, this need, this rises to a higher level of, of engagement, of um, consequence, right? So the fact that you took the time to write her up for snapping a pencil in half, first of all, I kind of felt like y'all deal with kids on the spectrum. Like, you know, most kids on the spectrum also have a sensory issue. It could be that, you know, there was a, something on the pencil that didn't feel right to her. Uh, for my daughter, if she was writing something and it wasn't looking the way she wanted it to look or it didn't look, you know, like she maybe thought her writing was off, she would get very frustrated. Sometimes she'd erase it. She'd throw the paper out. She'd start over. So the real thing we need to deal with is what led up to the snapping of the pencil in half. Like if she did it just because she was angry, okay, then we need to help her to address that differently. If she snapped it in half because she got frustrated about what she was working on and even though she was in the third grade communication even as an adult can be difficult for her so I'm thinking that's part of the reason why she's here not that I want her to not have to address inappropriate behavior but a referral for snapping a pencil in half not to mention just a little background for my daughter because I know her she loses things quickly She can't remember what she did with stuff. Her book bag used to be a hot, wretched mess. So instead of the teacher having to always take from their stash to give her a pencil, and a lot of those pencils are donated, a lot of them the teachers buy. 
Instead of you having to go into your stash, I bought a box that we put in every classroom. I had her decorate it. And she knew that that was her supply box that she could go in at any time. And I told them, if it starts to get low, let me know. I will replenish it. I still donate it to the classroom, but I know my kid. So here is her own stuff. So there doesn't have to be any, oh, God, you lost your pencil again. She could lose it from, you know, one room. The next class could be next door. And she ain't gonna know what a pencil is. So I wanted her to have her own supplies so we could, you know, we could mitigate some of that, right? So I'm thinking the pencil she snapped in half could have been hers that I bought. And you're going to call it school property? And the thing to note is, especially as they get older, she was in elementary school, so maybe not as big a deal. But as they get older and you use what I will call aggressive language, they were disruptive, disrespectful. She destroyed school property. Those things can go in a child's permanent file. And as you are, you know, it can taint how another teacher views the child. It can taint how a university or college may view this student. And then when you actually find out, Oh, she snapped a pencil in half. Or when you say disrespectful, I've, I've heard that term used a lot. And when you begin to unravel it, the child asks a question or they'll say, well, she was questioning me. Well, there's a difference between me questioning you and asking a question. Or it may be that you say, okay, Jenny, stop throwing paper. And Jenny may say, Miss so-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, I did not do that. That was not me. I don't take that as disrespectful or if you make a mistake as you're doing a problem on the board and the child says, excuse me, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, is that correct? Or if they say, well, when I do the problem like this, I still get the same answer. Why can't we do it that way? Or can we do it that way? The child is not being, so then my question becomes, oh, I'm sorry, they're not allowed to ask questions in class because there's a difference between me asking a question and questioning you. That's not the same. Um, and maybe part of it is we all need to get on the level playing field about what disruptive means. What does disrespectful mean? What does destroying school property mean? Um, and I wanted to talk about it because as we are in a very tumultuous time in, in, in our culture, in our country, there seems to be um, more of a, a boldness, if you will, about um you know, saying certain things about our children, about people of color. And it's important that we are ready to address that and that we feel confident in being able to say, uh, hold on a minute, let's, let's dive a little deeper into what you're saying uh, to make sure that when we go to our children's schools, because, you know, old school thinking wasn't, this is what the teacher said happened. That's what happened. But sometimes when the child comes home, there is some credence to what they're telling you and you may want to investigate a little bit more you may want to ask that million dollar question exactly what did he or she do and you may find that it isn't what it was presented to be when you say oh my god they were disrespectful oh well they asked or they asked two questions god help you if you ask too many questions <laughs> so it, it's a, a matter of really unpacking it because when you write a referral and say a child was whatever, disruptive, whatever, you, you know exactly what they did. But it's interesting the number of times they don't get down to the granular level and tell you exactly what the child did. Because really, when you think about it, come on, who is going to say, I don't know, as an AP, I might have said to her, did you really write this girl up because she snapped a pencil in half? Like, 
Just what we, we in here for that? You know, because for me, what led up to it is more of what we need to address or try to see if we can help her with. And, um, you know, it, it reminds me of an episode we did. And while we tell the stories of women of color, we do have a few men on every now and then. And uh, several months after the, the murder of George Floyd, my husband and uh, his best friend, shout out to David Cole, my frat brother. They were on uh, an episode and they were talking about being a black man in America. And we talked about what they went through as children, the things that they were, that they were, uh, that they saw, the way they were treated. And my husband was just saying, you know, just to treat a kid that way. And David said something that has really, it stuck with me since. And he said, the problem is that there are people in society who still do not see our children as children. I mean, let's be real. It's almost February, Black History Month. For decades, we were seen as property, not people. Uh, and as much as we've made great strides and we've come a long way, um, to think that that mentality is 100% gone in the United States, yeah, we can't say that. Uh, and in some ways, even in the world, and in some ways I feel like we've taken giant steps backward um you know ever since the death of George Floyd since his murder there was this huge uh, uptick in the number of DNI positions out there right and DNI classes we had to take and um you know culture classes people were taking and now every time we bring up race or we talk about microaggressions or um, unconscious bias people act like they're tired of talking about it here you go again it's always about race I'm tired of talking about this and it's amazing to me after just a few years you're tired of talking about it imagine how tired we are of living it this is life this is life for us this is what we as people of color deal with almost on a daily basis and so I believe now more than ever it is important that we listen to the words they use to describe our children that we listen to the words they're using to describe their behavior. Make no mistake, it is not by chance that she chose to use really aggressive wording to describe something as trivial as breaking a pencil in half. Believe me, it is, it is not by chance. What she did not expect was a mother who was going to push back in a very appropriate, articulate, grammatically correct way. And so um, it, it's just, it is, it's imperative that we do that now more than ever. And with a second half of the school year coming in, I just wanted to bring it up and encourage as you get ready for your next parent-teacher conference, as you get ready to go into that next board meeting, uh, you know, if you're in the corporate world, wherever you are, listen to how you're described, how your children are described, and the words that they use. Uh, because it can have an impact later in life. And uh, you want to nip that stuff in the bud as quickly as possible. Uh, so that was it for me today. Um, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to tell you about my baby. She is doing okay. We'll just put it that way. She's doing okay. Um, better than I thought she would. Um, but there are days that I wish she was doing better. But um, thank God she's here. And uh, we made it through high school and she got her diploma, amen, even with snapping a pencil in half. <laughs> so, uh, hey, if you ever find yourself struggling for the right words and you need somebody to 
to help you out, you can always hook me up. I'm here for you. You can send me an email at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that's kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. It's also where you can reach me if you have a story you want to tell. If you have a story that you've seen that you think we should tell on In My Shoes, I'm happy to do that. I always love it when I hear from people who listen to the show and they send me links and say, hey, I think this might be a great story. Uh, So I always appreciate that. You can also uh, keep abreast of what we're doing and what our nonprofit is doing. You can go to our website, www.inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that's www.inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that's all the time we have for now. And so until our next episode, be blessed.